Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. It's another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Your weekly breakdown for everything going on in Districts 1 and 2 in the state of Idaho. This is a little bit of a format change. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, let me introduce Ryan real quick. Uh, Ryan Skaggs, how you doing? I'm doing well, channeling my inner uh, brawny paper towel man today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For the reminder, you can uh, listen to the audio-only versions of this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. If you want to see the brawny man in all his glory, uh, <laughs> this, this is the paper towel guy. If, if the listeners out there that don't know what the brawny man is, uh, you, can, you can watch the video of this at idahosports.com's YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, Ryan, you're looking you're looking good today. Yeah, it was like 24 degrees when I woke up this morning. I'm like, it's flannel season. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flannel season, no doubt. So uh, as we've gone on this fall, this has been mostly a District 1 prep cast, where we're just talking about those teams in District 1. Well, as we're getting to the end of football season and we're trying to consolidate things a little bit because I'm doing eight of these podcasts a week, which is like insane. My, my family like doesn't even know I exist at this point. <laughs> so uh, trying to reduce the load, it made sense to combine Districts 1 and 2 into one podcast because with the exception of the 1As, they're all playing each other anyways. They're in the same league, the same conferences. So we're, we're talking about those District 2 teams anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of crossover, especially at the bigger schools. Um, we're talking about them every week and even go to the two ways. It's like two and up. I mean, they're all in the same league and they're only going to get a little bit bigger next year. So, right. Um, right. yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to kind of combine them and – I've got enough knowledge, and, and I mean, I grew up down the LC Valley, and like I said last week, so I know enough people around that area that, yeah, I pick up on my Instagram and Facebook feed. I follow a lot of the other teams, so it makes it pretty easy for just to throw another district in there. We're all kind of in the same boat up here. <laughs> Uh, well, we we we've jokingly referred to this unofficially as the uh, the Rodney Dangerfield podcast, right? Can't yes. get no respect. That's well, right. The team the teams in District Two are kind of in that same boat where it's hard for them to get that respect on a statewide level, also. So. Yeah, unless you get into the basketball ranks and it's the smaller schools, I think District Two has kind of had a stranglehold on success in the state of Idaho with basketball um, in the last. I don't know, a couple decades. So, I mean, we can go way back and we can talk Prairie girls and boys way back when, or we can talk Lapway girls and boys now. And I mean, there's some other schools in between. So it all, it all kind of crosses over that, you know, the winter sports I think have had more success when you look at basketball and wrestling, but you get to the other sports. It's been, yeah, we could say we don't get enough respect up here. Yeah, no doubt. Well, before we get into basketball, let's we got one more week of football to talk about, right? We've got a couple of Thanks, North kid. teams competing in state yeah. championship games. And and one last programming note. Uh, so we're we're gonna do this podcast today and talk about the, the state championship uh previews. Then next week we're gonna take the week off. It's the week of Thanksgiving. Uh it is it's a nice way for us to get a break. We've been doing this every week. We're not well. I've been doing this every week, Ryan. You were gone for a couple of weeks there in the middle. Not your fault, but um, we, generally speaking with all these podcasts, we've been doing this every week nonstop since the beginning of August. This is a nice time for us to take a week off, yep. kind of recharge, reset, get ready for winter sports. So after today's podcast, no podcast next week, and then we will be back 
in the first week of December to kind of get going with winter sports. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, what, what do you got planned for Thanksgiving, Ryan? Uh, family coming into town and, uh, we're going to meet, hang out. My uncle's got a house up here. So we're all going to meet together and hang out there and just enjoy being in the same house this year. It's going to be cool. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Turkey, so, uh, white meat, dark meat. Uh, I'm a dark meat fan and I smoke my turkey every year. I have a Traeger and it is, oh, it's the best. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I'm insanely jealous of your, uh, I usually do a trial run too. I'll do two birds. I'll do one probably this weekend just to make sure that everything's working. Okay. <laughs> do, and then, do, uh, do a dress rehearsal. Make yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'll, <laughs> then I'll do another bird for Thanksgiving. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Well, that, that's going to be a lot of fun next week. So before yeah. we get there though, uh, we got to talk about these, uh, these state championship games taking place up North. There's going to be two championships, one Friday night, one Saturday afternoon in the Kibbe dome over in Moscow. Uh, let's, let's start with the game Friday night. Sandpoint will be taking on skyline for the four a championship game. This is Sandpoint's first appearance in the championship game since 2015. They yep. are seeking their first title. Since 1997, yeah. and nobody, you know, if Sandpoint finishes this thing off, nobody's going to say they didn't earn it, especially after that wild semifinal win over Blackfoot last Friday, 29 to 28. Ryan, you were at that game. How yep. wild was that? That was um, one of the more incredible finishes that I've seen in high school sports. Um, and you look from the competition standpoint, too, but also from the sportsmanship standpoint. Um, I kind of I made a Facebook post about that. Um, on a on a page here in, in Idaho about doing that game just because I and I'll talk about that first because the sportsmanship side of it I think superseded everything um, at the end of regulation Sandpoint had gotten 85 yards in five plays in 48 seconds to score the equalizer um, so you know it, it was the chips look stacked against Sandpoint to come back in that game to send it to OT I mean you, you got a good long field in front of you and you've got one timeout left um, and they were able to hit a huge play. They got a 78-yard bomb. Um, and actually, it was just only a three-yard pass from the line of scrimmage, and Garrett Cox did the dirty work and took it inside the 10-yard line all the way down to the seven. Um, and so, you know, it was – or I think he got it down to the six-yard line. But um, to to do that was just absolutely unbelievable. It was – I mean, the place was going nuts, um, but the it was cool because I look and the players were like dapping each other up from opposite teams. Like the Blackfoot kids were as, as dejected as they were that like Sandpoint looks like they're going to score. I mean, they're giving high fives because it was just an impressive effort. I mean, Cox went through six tackles on that play, got all the way down. I thought he was going to score. Um, and he got tackled by the shoestrings um, by Hale uh, right, right there inside the 10. And uh, so, I mean, he made a, a saving tackle obviously, but they ended up getting the touchdown on a short run from uh, Pettit. But just a just an amazing game. I mean, just an absolutely incredible game um, to be at. And as OT started, um, all the the players from both teams were high fiving each other. Um, I looked over and like McCorkle uh, was shaking hands with with the uh, King, the wide receiver from mm -hmm. Blackfoot, and uh, you know they gave each other a hug. I mean, it was super cool just to kind of see like the admiration that one opponent had for the other just because of the effort, because it was just an absolute battle. Um, and OT, you know, Blackfoot goes in two plays, boom, done. I mean, it was like touchdown, looked super easy. And I'm like, Sandpoint took so much effort to go down that field. I'm like, you know, do they have enough to get 10 yards? I mean, their, their tank had to have been empty. Um, 
you could see Cox was huffing and puffing a little bit just from that long play. He never left the field after that touchdown or after that long run. Um, they got a quick penalty. And so they were looking at like, I think it was second down and 15 when they scored. Um, they got the touchdown pass into the corner of the end zone. Um, and, you know, they've got Lasse Kuhn, who in the 4A ranks might be one of the better kickers in the state of Idaho. And they didn't even flinch. They're like, nope, Pettit and Cox got us here. We're going to ride them in. And uh, we're going to go ahead and send this one home. And they went for two, and the place just went flipping bananas. It was it was awesome. It was one of the cooler things I've seen in a high school game. Um, and just the back and forth. I mean, it was a low-scoring affair. It was a one-point game at halftime. Um, you know, just kind of going back and forth standpoint, only getting two field goals in the first half. Um, yeah, just a, a a weird game, but a great game. I mean, it was just awesome. Yeah, in overtime, Parker Pettit threw that 14-yard touchdown pass to Ari Vandenberg, and then, as you said, they went for the two in the win, and, and Pettit took it himself. Was it was that an option play, and he just kept it? No. I mean, it looked it looked straight play call. That it's just, hey, Pettit, run it in. I mean, he's such a deceptive runner. Um, and people don't really realize, I mean, he's a decent sized kid. I mean, it's, he's got some, some beef to him, but he's just, a, just one of those guys that, you know, he kind of slides through, they fall the left side of that offensive line and he just pushed and Cox got right behind him and just, you know, put his, put his hand right on his butt and pushed him into the end zone. It was pretty, you know, there was no question about it. They got a huge push out of that left side of that line. And, uh, yeah, he kind of almost walked in. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and then the lid went off the the place, oh, like like yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah, and it was cool because Blackfoot didn't leave the field after the game. I mean, they stayed the entire time, and there was obviously the trophy presentation for being, you know, in the semifinals and all that stuff. Um, you know, congratulating Sandpoint on their win, but um, it was the the respect from the coaches and the kids was was super cool. It was it was really a neat deal. And then Sandpoint ran down the end zone and rang their victory bell on. The place went crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an awesome atmosphere for a game. I was sitting next to the Blackfoot radio crew. And, uh, I mean, they were just, you know, stunned that that facility exists in the state of Idaho. And, uh, you know, it was just after the game, we kind of stood there in shock, kind of like catching our breath because we were both just, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine being on their end of the game versus our end of the game tour. I'm doing you know, the state broadcast, but. Um, knowing some of the kids and I had Robert's parents sitting in front of me. He was the one that caught the two point conversion in the fourth quarter that sent it to OT. Um, they were going crazy and high-fiving me. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was a, a totally neat experience. Yeah. Well, you've become a fixture at Sandpoint. You've been there for every single playoff game um, so far, yeah. and you'll, you'll be there on the call Friday night uh, as they take on skyline for Blackfoot and their head coach, uh, Jared Ackley. I think he's going to petition to, uh, to outlaw the two point conversion because he's, he's lost four games this year because of two point conversions twice. Yeah. He went for two and didn't get it. And then two times his team gave up a two point conversion to lose it. So, yeah, I was talking to, to, Deegan Hale's dad about that. He's like, we've lost so many games like that way that, you know, it just comes back to bite. It's like we're snake bit this year with the two point conversion. Um, but I mean, hats off to that Bronco crew there. That's a talented team. Um, and just great kids, great fans. Their fans were awesome. Um, so, you know, they, they traveled really well and they did. I mean, when I coached against them when I was at Lakeland, I think it was in 2015 or 2016. Um, yeah, I mean, their fans traveled well then, too. And it was just one of those programs that kind of has a history of success. And um, you can see it in the way they carry themselves. And so, I mean, you know, I, 
I don't know if I felt like I slighted them because of the excitement of the game, but um, at the end, but I did want to commend them on their effort because that was just an unbelievable high school battle. That was awesome. It was an awesome game. I had people uh, from all corners of the state tell me that it was the single best night of high school football in the playoffs that they could remember. Between that and then the Meridian game with um, Highland, I mean, where Hershey hits the the walk-off field goal, uh, the Eagle game was crazy. I mean, that was there was some insane. The Sugar Homedale game was great. Yeah, there was just some awesome games this weekend. This last weekend, it was it, it was super funny, Ryan, because uh, I I was doing the game Friday night as well. Uh, I was in West Side, and my game kicked off at six o'clock. So I got finished and got to just sit back and experience all this stuff at the end. It was like Red Zone. Uh, you had. Uh, Highland beating uh, Eagle on the walk-off field goal. You then had Rigby uh, holding on to beat Meridian and yeah, triple yeah, over. Rigby and Meridian and the Highland Eagle game was. Just, those were just crazy games. Yeah, and then crazy your game, game. You know your your game too because you're an hour behind us, right? You're you're in the Pacific time zone and we're in the Mountain time. I had zone. a captive audience for the end of that one. <laughs> yes, and 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 I think that was the the viewer or the listener experience as well. They kind of just jumped from one game to the next to the next. It was just a wild night of football. And really I see fun. that. I see it being like that Friday. I really do. I think that we're going to get some awesome games for the championships. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. So there's going to be a two championships Thursday, three on Friday, one on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Sandpoint will play Friday night, 7 o'clock in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. They will take on Skyline. So I did the Skyline Pocatello yeah, semifinal I'm interested game. in your thoughts on Skyline because you picked Pokey. So. I, I did, and, and Pokey <laughs> – you know, Pokey nearly won the game. It could, it really could have gone either way. But basically, Pokey had the ball with three minutes to go, down five. It was a weird scoring game, but they were down five. They were driving uh, a chance to to take the lead, and they threw an interception. And Skyline got it back and ran out the clock. Um, Skyline is for the third game in a row. They started slow. I mean, they fell behind eleven nothing to Pocatello. They've done it now to Lakeland, Valley View, and Pocatello. This time, you know, I I, I keep thinking one of these times they're not going to be able to overcome that slow start, but they, yep. they continue to find ways. Their their defense had a bend but don't break philosophy. They gave up a couple of eighty plus yard touchdowns to Pocatello, so they're susceptible to the big play. And then on offense, Skyline doesn't have the ability to pull out a big play when when they score. It is a 10-play, 80-yard drive that takes six minutes off the clock. They just don't have the big play weapons. So when when they score, they have to earn it. They've got a great wide receiver, Kenyon Sadiq. Um, but again, I would say 70 to 80% of what he caught were screen passes. They they throw a screen to him and trust that he's, you know, 6'4", 210, whatever, that he's going to be able to muscle his way past a couple of guys. Now, he did make two incredible catches, two, two of the best catches that I've seen all year. One of the catches you can see on the homepage at idahosports.com, it's the image I used in, in the semifinal recaps where he's got two defenders draped over him and he's kind of horizontally catching the ball. He, so he caught a touchdown there. And then the second touchdown... Pocatello couldn't have, have had better coverage. He literally just stretched up and and basically outjumped the guy. He mossed the guy. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, he mossed him. So um so the book on Skyline is is if you can stop Sadiq, you're you're pretty much set. So, so I don't know. Because I'm I'm looking at stats and I mean they look like decent stats, like he's a serviceable back. I mean, is it the running game just kind of to complement a passing game or is it the other way around? 
I mean, you can you can figure out pretty quickly what they're doing. Silverio pretty much runs up the middle. They like to bring the slot back in motion. His name is Caden Taggart. They bring yep. him in motion almost every play, and sometimes he gets it on the jet sweep. He's been a more effective runner Taggart has than Silverio. Silverio, they don't they don't give him the ball enough. You know, yeah. he he's only getting 10, 11 carries a game, and he's averaging you know seven, eight yards a pop. But they just they seem to get away from it for whatever reason. So. Um, the running game, I'm not worried about. Sandpoint's got a very good defense. I think they shut that down. Sandpoint's secondary is just unbelievable. I mean, in that Blackfoot game, just what they did to Hale and King was, I mean, they and they had great games. You know, I think they could have, against any other team, they would have taken over. But, I mean, they only gave up. They didn't give up in a play longer than 15 yards. Yeah, that's impressive. So, so yeah, I guess my question would be is how did Sandpoint stack up against Javante King? Because Kenyon Sadiq is very similar, 6'4", big, physical. I'll put it this way. They didn't play anything other than man on Hale and King the entire game. And I don't think they had a passing touchdown. So if, if I remember correctly, I don't think Blackfoot scored on pass. I think it was rush only. So, um I mean, they had a couple decent gains. Like, I mean, they just – they had – Blackfoot would run like a 15-yard comeback that was really effective, but Sandpoint was just taught their DBs. We'll give them 12 yards. I don't care. We're not giving them 30. And and McCorkle out there, um, or if it's Coda Hartley, or if it's Zimmerman, whoever is out there, because um, they were rotating at corner, and all their corners are solid, and, and they played great. McCorkle did a great job on King. Um, he was on a manned up all game. And did did an awesome job. Um, Granted, McCorkle had to play offense too, so I could kind of see a little bit of, you know, conditioning coming into coming into play in the late part of that game. But um, their pass rush was great on on Friday night. There, um, they had Ballison had a great game at the end. I mean, he's a quick little guy. He's not huge, but he comes off that edge in a hurry, and he comes downhill, and he was just wreaking havoc in the backfield for their quarterback. Yeah, I will say that is the one advantage Skyline has had over the three teams they've beaten. Lakeland, Valley View, Pocatello is their depth. Skyline doesn't play anybody two ways. Occasionally, they'll put Kenny and Sadiq out at cornerback as well just to match yeah. up with an athlete. But for the most part, you're you're playing one side of the ball, and they have been able to wear teams down. Um, that was That's the problem. The standpoint was for most of the season. In the playoffs, they've had – I mean, just because of injuries, they've had to play more guys – um, you've seen McCorkle coming over on offense a little bit more. Um, even seeing Wes Benefield come over on offense a little bit. Um, you know, it hadn't been an issue until lately. I mean, because Max Frank was out last week with an ankle. Hopefully, they're hoping he's back for the title game, um, which would be a huge boost on offense to actually have another deep threat because um, they didn't have one last week. And I think that was the difference maker. I think that game could have been m- more in favor of Sandpoint if Hart, if, uh, you know, Newhart or Frank was in that game just because they had they had the ability to extend the field and they didn't have that last week. So, um, you know, I look at the kind of position wise and I remember I listened to the the Lakeland, um, the Lakeland game when they played Skyline, just with what Lakeland was able to do when they ran the ball. And then knowing like you look at the stat line when with Valley View, they were able to successfully run the ball. And then early in the year, I mean, teams have had opportunities to run pretty well on Skyline. So I'm looking at Sandpoint and I'm like, you know, what's Skyline going to do to stop Sandpoint? Because if you're going to focus on Garrett Cox, Parker Pettit's going to kill you. If you focus on Parker Pettit, Garrett Cox is going to kill you. 
So, you know, what are you going to do in that run game to shut things down? I mean, that's going to be the question Friday night. Yeah, and, and Reich and Echo Hawk, Pocatello's running back, also averaged almost 10 yards a carry um, in that in that game. So, <laughs> so you're right. Hawk's 10 yards, he's going to take 30. I mean, that's mm. just the way he runs. Yes. I, I I like Sandpoint in this game. I've liked Sandpoint since the preseason. They've been my 4A pick to win the title. They have the advantage at every spot, I think, except depth. That's the one yeah. key. And if Skyline can hang in the game, th- this is what they've done. They've started slow. They've been able to come back and slowly wear teams down. So that's the only concern I have for Sandpoint. Yeah, I mean, I look at Sandpoint's offensive line. Um, does a great job moving. And in the passing game, they're they're okay. They're great again in the run. They're amazing running block team, run blocking team. Um, in the passing game, they're they're okay. Uh, Garrett Cox does a great job picking up blitzes. I don't think he gets enough credit for that when he stays in to block. Um, he's a great blocker as a running back too. Um, Parker's got a good arm. I mean, he's got a live arm. He's accurate. It's just you know what? Who does he have for weapons out there? Um, there was some some big drops. Their Achilles heel has been is penalties. Um, they've put themselves in the hole off after big plays, especially they'll get, you know, on the plus side of the 50. And then next thing you know, two holding penalties later, they're, you know, looking at first down and 38, you know, and it's, and that's happened a couple times in the last two games. Um, one of which they were at first down and 48 against Shelly. So <laughs> I mean, you don't really see that much, but it happens. And uh, they had three consecutive holding calls and it just kept driving them back. And that was right before half against Shelly, but um yeah no if they can if they can play clean football not get the penalties on offense i like the bulldog i mean i i don't want to say anybody's a team of destiny but i kind of after friday night and what i saw in the drive in that team man i don't know that's i don't know if i've seen a, a high school team that's more driven um towards a goal you know than that that bulldog team is sandpoints probably my is my pick to win but I don't yeah. want to sound like a homer, but I've been saying it all year. They're they're the number one team in the four A's in the state of Idaho, and they're just getting overlooked. You can't really overlook them anymore. I mean, this this team and what they're able to accomplish and what they do on defense is, I mean, that linebacking crew and that secondary is just it's a thing of beauty. If you like, if you like the game of football and you just watch how those kids play, man, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun to watch them play. Yeah, and and they're uh, they're well coached too. Absolutely, which, which absolutely. So, uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch um, as we get into basketball season because a lot of these Sandpoint guys play basketball, right? Parker Pettit, Vandenberg yep. is probably the best basketball player at Sandpoint. He really yeah. is the focal point of what they do, um, and that it, it'll be fun to see if they get back to state and get to match up with like like Blackfoot. A lot of those guys play basketball. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these Skyline guys play hoops. It, it's going to be fun to see. How those rivalries Sandpoint's got to get past Lakeland, though. That's the problem. <laughs> well, I Lakeland lost a lot to graduation, so I'm that's you know, true. Sandpoint yeah. was a very young team last year, uh, and so they bring back almost everybody. So, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll table the hoops discussion for a well, couple more, two more weeks. We'll talk about it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I'll even introduce some wrestling stuff too because I mean, that's where my following's been, but. There is, uh, we've got one of the best wrestlers in the United States. I'm not saying in Idaho, in the U.S. right here in Coeur d'Alene. So he's signed with a letter of intent to wrestle at Michigan. Um, we'll we'll talk about him because Ryland Rogers is is special. Yes, he he really uh, came on the scene last year and uh, yeah. turned heads. Yeah, a lot of fun. So okay. I know the family pretty well. So <laughs> he's he actually grew up in Clarkson in my hometown. So 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no going to be no shortage of topics uh, to, to talk about it after we come back from the Thanksgiving break. Yep. So we'll uh, get all the L trip to fan out of our system and be able to <laughs> talk some hoops and wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from our sponsors, the Idaho division of public health. And we'll come back and break down the other championship game taking place up north. It's uh, swinging all the way to the other direction. 1AD2 as Carrie takes on Kendrick. We'll preview that matchup right after this on the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Back on the North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com, Brandon Bainey with Ryan Skaggs. The other championship that's taking place up north will be Saturday at 1 p.m. in Moscow's Kibbe Dome as Kendrick tries to win uh, their first title since they split up the, the eight-man ranks in the D1 and D2. It's not going to be easy. They're going to take on perennial power carry in a game that I think uh, the scoreboard operators should start warming up right now. This this can be a lot of points scored in this one. Yeah, I mean they're lucky they've got triple digit scoreboard in the dome. So <laughs> it's, uh, it could be it could be exciting one. I, and you look at the way that Kendrick played, especially in the second half last week. Um, if they can play with that same effort and that tenacity that they had, whew, we're in for a, a heck of a ball game. That's going to be a fun eight man game. Kendrick uh, Taylor is he's a special athlete. I mean that kid he had what like three interceptions and then one was for a touchdown and then he had another touchdown or two on offense i believe as well um but yeah that's a that's a coach hobart's bunch is is a is a fun fun group of kids to watch yeah how weird was this ryan in in both of the 1a d2 semifinal games you had a player accomplish the same thing hunter taylor for kendrick you're right he had three interceptions one he returned for a pick six and then he caught a touchdown pass on offense Kerry had a guy do the same exact thing. Riley Morey, he had three interceptions, one for a pick six. He caught a touchdown in offense. I don't think that's ever happened before. Yeah, I don't know. And I know that, I mean, you start going into record books, and I could I could mention a few guys like down in Lewiston that are huge into, into high school sports that would probably be able to tell you when and where that happened. Like Mike Tacco, who's an official in Idaho, might be one of those guys that keeps track of all that stuff. But um I know. I think he was doing a game that you guys had last week in Holt Arena as an official. Yeah, I think um, I think it was the Oakley um, Butte County game. If yes, I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah, I remember Paul talking about. I'm like, I know Mike from way back. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's just from being a Valley kid. I get to know those guys. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting game. I think that the the test is going to be you know Kendrick's defense holding up. Can they get some takeaways? Um, you know, if they can get a few takeaways on carry and limit those drives, get the ball back, we know their offense can move. They can run the ball pretty effectively. Um, you know, and I mentioned to you pregame or pre-show, like, you know, one of my best friends is a coach at Kendrick and I don't want to sound like a homer, but, um, I know that, you know, his ability to coach and get his kids fired up too. He's one of the coordinators, uh, Greg Frisbee does a, does a great job with those kids. And, uh, coach Hobart does an awesome job. I know that they would run through a brick wall for, for their coaches, um, and the coaches would do the same for their kids, um, you know. I, and so they've been kind of, I don't want to say sitting just on the fringe all year um, of being the favorite. And we talked about them a little bit. They were in the show, eight-man showcase to start the year, Kendrick was. Um, 
but you know they've kind of been floating out there that I'm like you know don't sleep on these guys like they're everybody's talking Kerry and and everybody else for the title game they're you know Kendrick's every bit as good as everybody else in the state and uh, I think they're going to get a chance to show it on Saturday uh, but really it's going to be that Kendrick defense I think that's going to be the test if you're going to watch one area of the game that's going to decide it is that can that defensive unit get some stops and get a few takeaways. Yeah, I mean, Kerry just, they're so efficient offensively. Almost every drive that they start ends with them in the end zone. And so, yeah, to your point, I don't even think it necessarily has to be takeaways, but just getting getting a stop. Like like whichever team gets a stop may may win this game. Yeah, and, you know, you look at it, it could be one of those weird things where it's like a muffed snap. I mean, really, like you say takeaway, it could just be a fumble, like just something weird happens or even a big penalty. You might get like an offensive holding or a couple of them that just stalls a drive out. And it's enough to kind of equate, you know, getting a a big stop on defense, you know, maybe somebody shooting themselves in the foot. Um, Kendrick's going to have to be opportunistic. We know what carry, like you said, they're super efficient. So when they get the ball, they're going to have to score. They're going to have to get a big play, I think, on a kickoff. I really, you know, they did it last week. They're going to have to do it again. Yeah, they Kendrick trailed at halftime to Castleford 22 to 20, then scored three unanswered touchdowns in the third quarter. And that that basically decided the game. So yep. I agree. Uh, I think it's going to be a high scoring, fun game. And and you can be a homer, Ryan. I, I, Kerry fans aren't tuning into this, right? It's Kendrick. Maybe. Game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I, as a more neutral observer, uh, am leaning Kerry in this game only because, I mean, they have just been so dominant this is their final opportunity you know they're moving up to the 1d1 level next year so yeah yeah um, and so you know i'm i love yeah all right let's go I, i've been picking i said let's go madness all year and bring the chaos i think i sent that meme to you of like elmo with fire behind him that just like says chaos that's yeah, all right let's yeah. go i'm gonna go kendrick in an upset Okay. And, and again, I, I think it's going to come down to like, you're talking about a game that could be like 52 to like 44, something like that. It could be like 62, 58. I mean, really, (laughs) honestly, it's going to be something crazy, like a basketball score. They'll outscore the Vandals basketball team this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it it could come down to who converts their two point conversions. Yep. Very much. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, well, you're joking about the Vandals. You know, I joked about uh, Idaho State University this week. You know, Highland and Rigby play in the, the 5A championship Friday night. They will have a bigger crowd than <laughs> ISU and Idaho will. <laughs> That's what I I was joking. I, I said, you know what? For the first time this year, Holt Arena will be sold out Friday night. <laughs> yeah, no, it will be. It's just going to be for a high school game. That's That crowd down there in Holt's going to be nuts. Yeah. But I know that. If you're uh, driving through Sandpoint Friday night, you might be able to get away with a few traffic infractions because there's not going to be anybody around to call you in. So that they're going to travel well Friday for that game in the Kimmy Dome. I know that after that they get that game Friday night and every single – it seemed like the entire town was out there in the end zone congratulating the kids. And um, I know that they're crazy excited about this and they feel really feel that it's their year. You know, Coach Knowles does a great job um, with that group. that He keeps them grounded. And, you know, really I felt in that Blackfoot game was the first time Sandpoint had been tested this year in the first half. And I'm like, how are they going to respond? They got injuries. They have all the excuses in the world to kind of mail this game in. How are they going to respond? They're struggling on offense. And they just kept grinding and grinding. They got a huge interception in the end zone um, that I think really was what swung the momentum. I mean, that's all they needed. It was a little bit of a spark that came down on offense, got another field goal. 
um, to towards the end of the first half, but that took that momentum through halftime and um, didn't really let go. I think that they kept their foot on the gas. And so it'll be an exciting couple games up here up north. I mean, that Kendrick game is going to be great if you like upset specials. I mean, there's, there's they could pull some special stuff because that carry team looks like, you know, the giant. Let's see if uh, Kendrick can play David and be the giant killer this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Friday night, Sandpoint Skyline. Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m., Kerry, Kendrick, both games in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. And Ryan, you'll be on the call for the game Friday night. Uh, if you want to see the full schedule of all the state championship games, just go to idahosports.com, click on the game streams tab on the homepage, and you will see the full schedule. It's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. I'm, I'm super excited. It's going to be a great weekend of football, and what a way to, to cap things off. I think we've got some great title games. Um, so, you know, cap to a really great season see if we can have a little bit more excitement than the semifinals, which I think will be difficult, but, um, <laughs> you never know these title games and the kids who want it. It could be an exciting night of football Friday night. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, thank you for tuning into this edition of the North Idaho prep cash brought to you by the Idaho division of public health. Again, reminder, we're going to be off next week for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we will see you back here in two weeks. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.